Hello, my name is host Brenda. Some of you might have already listened to this episode if you are our um, incredible fans who have been with us since the beginning, um, but some of you might be new fans, which is super awesome. We recently debuted the first season with our new podcast network through Nacellecast, and things are super awesome, but I forgot to include episode 21, so think of this as like a special bridge episode while we prepare some really, really cool stuff for our second season. We're talking a new intro. We're talking a new voiceover at the beginning um and a couple other really cool things that are also going to be kind of coming out pretty soon so uh this is a little bit of a bridge until we get all of our shit together and um if you're a new fan thank you so much for listening we really really appreciate it and if you're an old fan um we can't thank you guys enough for supporting us this whole time um blah 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 here's the episode on storm bye hello my name is brenda she her i'm austin he they she and this is Secret Secret Histories of of Nerd Nerd Mysteries. everyone and welcome back to the 21st episode of secret histories of nerd mysteries i counted wait, <laughs> i counted wait welcome back <laughs> wait welcome, ba- welcome to right <laughs> welcome to- <laughs> welcome <laughs> welcome back you may not remember but you started listening to this episode long ago in a time forgotten <laughs> some may call it the land before time <gasps> i love that movie it's a good but that's not what we're talking about. <laughs> That's, yeah, it's, um, hey, everyone, for you, it's a Monday. For us, it's a Thursday, um, which is, I feel like Thursdays are just a weird day of the week. Yeah. Always. Um, in school, they were always the worst one because it was like the day before Friday. Mm, see, I thought, I always felt Wednesday was the worst one because it was like, I don't know, by Thursday, I'm like, it, by Thursday, I'm like, it's Friday, baby. <laughs> Do you want to know some absolute nonsense that my school used to do on Wednesdays? Sure. We started later. Oh. Like, two hours later, and we got out at the same time. So, school on Wednesdays was just two hours short. Oh. So, my school... So, like, for a long time, for K-8, through I went to a private Catholic school. And then one year in Mm -hmm. high school, I also did. And so, Wednesday was mass day. So, like, Wednesday was kind of our shorter day, because at... I don't remember which hour, but one of the hours on Wednesday was like, you get to the class and then it's like time to go to mass, essentially. Like it's, that's Mm -hmm. your teacher who just takes you to mass that day. Um, Yeah. And it wasn't like a full, it was like a full Catholic mass. So we went to mass for like an hour and 15 minutes in the middle of school. And then we went back and by the time I was an older, like younger kid, it was like nap time. And for older kids, it was like lunch and play. So it's like two classes, mass, lunch, recess the day's basically over like they know after kids have recess they're like well they that's we're done (laughs) there's no more learning (laughs) no more knowledge today but there is some knowledge today on this podcast because there's a lot of fucking nerd news oh yeah we've got um three separate nerd topics do we want to start with um animaniacs yeah this is the we've forgotten for three weeks now yeah, we kept being like, oh, we gotta talk about Animaniacs, and then we just proceeded to not do that. But now there's a trailer out, which there was last week, and we just forgot. 
Um, but I think the animation looks good. It looks very good. And it's really cool. The trailer that's out right now, it shows like the, oh, what's it called? Animatic? Where it's like the, yeah. it's like the line art and they show a bunch of the, it's always weird to me to see voice actors doing the voice, like to see them do the voice. Mm-hmm. Because your brain, your brain is like, no, that's Yakko. And they're like, no, but Yakko's a person. And you're like, yes, but. Voice actors don't always like actually emote when they're doing the voice. They'll just kind of like stare sometimes. Mm-hmm. And there's like this like cartoony voice. It's not their normal voice just coming out of their face. And they're staring at the script. <laughs> and it's like, wow, this is just incredible. The level of talent that this takes. Yeah. Um... And it kind of has a feeling of like. This is like a good nostalgia, like, oh, the gang's back together. Yeah. Um, this is what another certain show getting a reboot wishes it was, and it never will be. Never will be. <laughs> never. Uh, I hate that show so much. Um, oh, you too. We're not even going to mention it. You know what it is if you've you, been listening. Yeah, if you haven't been listening, then oh well, you're fine. You'll never know about it, and that's good too. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it looked, it looks really fun. Everyone seemed juiced about it, and I mean, it's like publicity thing you know they can't be in the trailer like oh yeah i hate that i'm here but (laughs) it's been such a long time like it's 22 years after the final episode for for all of the voices for yakko wacko dot and pinky the brain are also in the show they haven't confirmed any other reoccurring like Mm -hmm. cast members but for all of them that like want to be back like any of them could have said no i'm Sure, all of them had enough work in the 90s to save money and be like, well, I can just, like, I don't know, like, I uh, build toy cars now, you know? Like, they yeah, didn't have to do it. It's like some of them are still just, like, you know, have a lot of work already. Yeah. So it's like, they absolutely did not have to do this, and that's, that's pretty cool. But it will be on Hulu, November 20th of this year, with 13 episodes, and then at an unconfirmed time next year, it'll have a season two uh, in 2021 with 13 more episodes should be pretty good i'm excited hopefully it doesn't let me down yeah i mean then i'm i might never trust again yeah i, I mean it should it has all like spielberg is the producer again mm-hmm. um the present the current president of warner bros who worked with him on the first series like is on the project which is really weird to think about everyone that the president of warner brothers animation is uh, like a creative tied to this project because a lot of times People in like those executive roles aren't weren't didn't start as creatives. Yeah, nope. <laughs> it's so that's usually pretty. Just some business dude. Yeah, that's pretty interesting. Um, I wonder if Freakazoid will make an appearance. Ooh, that Ooh. would be fun. Some good teen and like Freakazoid is like in between adult and teen animation to me. Mm-hmm. And there's not really a show like I guess Animaniacs is more like older kid. Yeah, Animaniacs has like cute animals. Though, uh, Freak is what it is just like uh, this guy runs around. It's like kind of antithesis for like a superhero story, but mostly he just kind of runs around and like yells a lot. Yeah. In a good way. It's endearing. It's clever, you know? <laughs> but it's just like lots of yelling. But I would like to see like, you know, maybe some shorts just to be like, hey, I don't think Freak Freakazoid's voice actor's doing anything right now. Probably not. This seems like a, um, we talked about it a little before we started recording, but Hulu is uh, probably sweating. There's a lot of competitors in streaming. Before it was like Netflix was for your movies and Hulu was for your TV shows. And that was it. That was pretty much everyone thought about it. And now there are lots of options. And I imagine Hulu is like, we need something. <laughs> so I can yeah. see this as a 
testing ground to bring back a lot of those shorts and characters. Because Netflix is going super ham with animation and finding a lot of success with animation. Um, so maybe Hulu's just hoping that, like, they couldn't compete with, like, original shows, but maybe mm-hmm. they can compete with animation by um, preying upon my nostalgia. Yeah. Yeah. Probably um, Austin, what's the, sec- what's the next um, piece of nerd news? The other piece of nerd news is also about some animation. Uh, <gasps> Yasha Hime, the Inuyasha re... Reboot, re, not reboot. See, it's a sequel. Sequel. It's, it's the about... Inuyasha sequel. It's about the mm-hmm. kids of Kagome and Inuyasha. We assume Shishomaru and hopefully not Rin. <laughs> hopefully not Rin. I like. I want to be excited because Inuyasha. You know that that's like such a big anime mm-hmm. and it's good. Um, but I just have to know. This is the year twenty twenty yeah. anime. Okay, and it better not be Rin. Yeah, we. I don't need some fucking, oh, what's a manga called? Bunny Drop or whatever? Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I listen, I don't care that people are like, he's a super immortal demon. Yeah, cool, he raised her, so no. Yeah, it's like, it's still very weird. It'd be different if Rin was like a character you met like once and he happened to save her on accident and then he never saw her again. Or, like, that would be like, okay, like, I... Like, to me, it's weird, because I know, but, like, I guess in the fiction, he doesn't know this is some little girl he saved that he met. Like, that that's one thing. He yeah, raised it's like, her. Yeah, it, they were just together. Yeah. It, and, like, she clearly had a crush. That's fine. Little kids get crushes on mentors all the time. That, all that's, the time. That's, that's not weird. People are like, she liked him. Yeah, I mean, I had crushes on teachers and all sorts of people. I didn't have kids with them. <laughs> yeah, it's up to the people in power to not quote-unquote cultivate that yeah anyway uh yeah yashahime um, the big deal i mean it looks fun it looks i'm I'm an absolute sucker for like hey these are our kids because mm. then you get to see like where the parents are and kind of like their jam and like how their lives are going through like the lens of like their kids going on an adventure right. it's super interesting i love it but i just do need to know that one thing i need to know <laughs> <laughs> Shomaru and Rin had a kid. I, I really, it can't be them. If they did, oh my god, so, I can't watch it. So everyone, I just pulled up to talk more about the news, but they released a trailer like last night, Brenda. What? If we didn't see it, do we have to watch it like right now? We'll just yeah. I I'm I'm pulling it up. Okay, uh, send me the link. Because it has Shishomaru's face, and I'm like, I swear to God. <laughs> oh God, yeah, we gotta watch it right now. It premieres October third. 3 a.m. Pacific time on Crunchyroll. The big thing that was like kind of a huge deal, it's going to be on Crunchyroll, Funimation, and on some Viz Media site. Because Viz Wild. Media still has the rights to it. So it's very interesting because usually like things like Crunchyroll or Funimation are like not everywhere. Mm-hmm. All right, here. Let's watch this. this. We can just have some silence while we do this. I'll edit it out. Excuse me, is Crunchyroll advertising a BTS game to me right now? <laughs> oh. Mm-hmm. Alright. This looks so good. It looks good. So I think, I'm very excited. I did not realize, because I haven't read a bunch, that they are all princesses. Because there's the there's the one character who's in like a suit, and I, your brain just assumes like they're masked, but it's a, it's a, the character identifies as a woman at least, and so like that's really cool. Yeah. It's cool that it's a spinoff of a 
romantic shonen? I don't remember if it premiered in Shonen Jump or not. I think. Oh man, where did where did it premiere? I don't I think can, it was Shonen. I Jump. consider it a shonen personally. Yeah, it is. I know like, it has by... a lot of romantic elements, but mm-hmm. it's by Rumiko. Ta- is it Takahashi? Oh shit. <laughs> Uh, yes. I'm gonna say yes. It's our podcast. I'm googling it. Yes. Okay. Rumiko Takahashi, who is known for doing like a lot of shoujo series, so like yeah. uh, Lum, Maisen um, Ikoku, I think, mm-hmm. is another one. Um, Inuyasha was like is the probably the biggest one that's known like over here. Yeah. Uh, and it was like a lot of like um, you know, like teenage boys when we were going to school watched it so it feels more shonen mm-hmm. kind of similar to uh like uh fma is a shonen too right uh, but it does have a lot more love quote-unquote love elements than like typical shonen so it's in the middle it's a good between so reading this new synopsis is out all three are the children of inuyasha and kagome what joined by uh moroha the daughter of inuyasha and kagome the three oh no 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 so okay. Moro- Moroha is Inuyasha and Kome's daughter, the one who is Inuyasha, that has a bow that's dog ears, Just... and the other two are Shishomaru's daughters? They're the ones in question. Yeah, it seems because- Who's your mom? <laughs> because they're, they're half-demon, and then Inuyasha's kid would be, like, quarter-demon, because he's already half-demon. Yeah, that's why she doesn't have any actual ears. She has little bow ears. She's huh? a cute little gremlin. Yeah, I'm just like- Cause, listen, that one daughter be looking like Rin. Yep, yep. But, al- but also has wind powers, which is Marak. Someone was like, "Wait, he's a demon. What if it's Maroku's kid?" <laughs> Someone was like, "No one said that demon bodies work like human bodies." <laughs> and I was like, "You know that's, what? I that's take the it." Twist I'm here I don't, for. I don't. I don't think anime's ready for that, but I take it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm noticing, I'm like looking at this poster, like Inuyasha's just like facing away. Yeah, hey, I wonder if- Hey, is Kagome dead? Yeah, I think Kagome- So we've seen now Inuyasha and Shumaru in the poster. Shishomaru yes. and Inuyasha both appear slightly in the trailer, and it doesn't seem like flashback because it's like, unless it's stuff they're adding in, you know, since the series in, but it's not- They don't appear in like scenes that we know them from. They appear in what looks like new scenes. Mm-hmm. And in theory, they would both be alive, and it hasn't been that long. Oh, no, no. You know what? In the trailer, it was quick, but you, we do see uh, Kagome. She, she's in, like, priestess oh. clothes. Oh, okay. She's just yeah. not in the poster, which is weird, because... Yeah. The I don't remember this lady's name. This lady's still not dead? What, the old lady? Yeah. Yeah, she's not dead? Is it K- Kikyo? No, it's not Kikyo. Kikyo oh, okay. is the ex. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes, you're right. I don't know who that is. There's also a lady with like cropped brown hair. That's a new person. And then yeah, there's who like, are they? There's apparently uh, Boomerang Girl's son because he has the boomerang and her familiar. So is she dead? Question mark. Um, question mark. Question mark. Question mark. And then there's there's a little um, Tanuki. There's a little. They, you know they need their Tanuki companion because the last group had one. <laughs> uh. So yeah, it looks. It looks better than Boruto, which is another anime that did this recently. Yeah, Boruto was uh, is boring. <laughs> um, my favorite thing about Boruto is that I get to mispronounce his name as Burrito. So. <laughs> and the the daughters, the Setsuna, who is like Shishomaru's daughter that didn't fall into the modern day time, uh, 
works for Kohaku, who I remember from the previous, from Inuyasha. That's a Inuyasha character who was also a demon slayer, or who mm. wanted to be a demon slayer. So I guess he did it. He, he did it, yay. So <laughs> that's Yashihime. It's, it'll be anywhere you stream anime, it sounds like, for the yeah. big anime sites. Uh, I really need to know who their mom is. <laughs> who is their mom? I don't know. Like, I can't be excited until I know who the mom is. And it's like, I'm going to have to watch the first episode. And then maybe they won't reveal it in the first episode. Yeah, you know we're not. It's going to, like, at this point they have to know. And I don't think there's a manga. Like, I think it's just a show. Yeah, there's no manga. So when they announced it and everyone was like, yeah, but who's who's the fucking mom? You know, that's going to be, yeah. like, buried. That's, like, end of season one stuff. Yeah, it's like the last episode of season one. And they're like, oh, it's random. I feel betrayed. And Shoshamaru's gonna be like the whole time, your mother wants to see you, Satsuma. And Satsuma's like, you can't tell me what to do, father. And he's like, hmm, you take after me. And then he'll just like fucking <laughs> like g- gay sashay away or something. <laughs> God, he's so pretty. <laughs> uh, we have one last piece of nerd news. Um, this will be the first year since 2009. That there has not been a Marvel movie released. Yeah, no, no MCU movie. They announced this morning. Disney announced a bunch of pushbacks for films. A lot of studios did this week. Um, mm-hmm. Disney being the parent company of Marvel currently, so they pushed back Black Widow to next year. And because of the way that MCU movies all kind of tie in and interconnect for some reason they push back a bunch of other movies i don't know why personally because i'm like if black widow still comes out first it shouldn't matter but so black widow is now may of next year the eternals are now november of next year and shang chi is like i think 2022 now god which shang chi hasn't even started they didn't even start filming the eternals was done filming already yeah um black widow is done like fully so it's they want it. Just give yeah. it to us. Just, just do it's. I know what they want. They want a big release. They want to make a bunch of money. They want it from most reports that I could find. They want like to at least be able to release it on the coast because the coasts are a big market in America. But mm-hmm. the coast also have some of the stricter guidelines, and like theaters aren't opening there. And there's like, like people aren't even asking about that anymore. Yeah, it's like we're all stuck at home mostly still. Mm-hmm. Um, movie production is just starting back up, so Marvel's kind of like starting some of their um streaming series are going to start filming soon, mm-hmm. um, and then some movies are going to start in March. Um, so yeah, just just release Black Widow to us. We're stuck in our houses. We want to watch some Black Widow content, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say the other thing is like the excitement for the Black Widow movie was solely. Because everyone knows, like, she's dead. Yeah. We all know she's dead. By the look of her in the movie, this is some sort of, this happened between the Infinity War movies, or, like, this is, like, at some point in the MCU timeline that we didn't know about. So people want to see what that is, and what, because, like, technically, Spider-Man Far From Home started the next phase. Yeah. And so this being the second movie of the new phase, like, and Black Widow being, like, a big Avenger in the MCU canon. Like, people are like, but yeah, how, well, like, why is this movie coming out now? Kind of question. Like, what is it mm-hmm. that we're going to find out about her that makes her more interesting? Or about the MCU? Like, what is it? Because I 
was not particularly excited for this movie. Like, I was like, I'll see it, you know, because I'm, I've seen every one of their movies for the last fucking 20, has it been 20, it hasn't been 20 years yet, has it? Oh, it can't be. No, it's been <laughs> 10. It's been 10, 10 years. Yes, that's the whole, that was the whole thing. So. Oh God, 20 years. Oh. It's coming. So <laughs> yeah, yes. it's coming. So it's like, I've seen all of them. I'm like, so I'll see this one. Like, I gave Ant-Man a chance and it was amazing, so. Oh, I love Ant-Man. So love it's, that Ant-Man. It's weird, because I, I personally feel like the longer they wait, the less, like, it's not going to be, like, a explosion. Like, people are like, finally, it'll be like, a, oh, yeah. That. I guess. Yeah, I guess <laughs> I'm just not very excited. I'm excited for Shang-Chi, because that should be Yes. Good. But, like, the Eternals, they're going to have to really, you know, and I said the same thing about Guardians of the Galaxy, and that's a pretty good movie. But Eternals is really going to have to work really hard to grab my attention. Yeah. They gotta um, post more than one main stirs trap. Yeah, it's like I'm gonna need just a little bit more because that picture just won't last until this movie comes. Out. <laughs> I can only stare at it so many times. I know. <laughs> like it's because there's no the Eternals. Like the problem again with how the MCU has built stuff is kind of like built to crumble in this situation because they can't promote the other movies because they want they worry about any sort of spoiler. Yeah, and it's like, can they even release some of the streaming stuff? Because, like, that ties in pretty heavily. Mm-hmm. Like, is that going to kind of mess it up? Are they going to have to delay that? You know, which seems really silly because, one, Disney Plus has to do, like, a secondary push to get more subscribers. Yeah, the the year's um, coming up on my Disney Plus, And I'm, mm-hmm. I mean, I'll probably keep it, but I'm sure a lot of people are like, so I was promised all these, like, Marvel cinematic level movie shows mm-hmm. and got zero. Yeah, it's like Mandalorian came out last year and season yeah. two, you know, it's like that can't carry this whole thing. Yeah, season two drops in October, but again, it's it's right around when people's year will be up on their subscription where they can just be like, mm-hmm. cool. Uh, That's it. I watch season two and I guess I'll, you know, resub for a month next year for season three. <laughs> yeah, and then just be done, you know. They haven't been able to, like, keep up the push of, like, creating original content to make people want to um, continue to subscribe. Especially with, like, HBO Max kind of coming in here and being like, boom. Hello. (laughs) It's me, HBO Max. Oh, that's the other. So, another thing, everyone. Uh, The uh, DC Universe? Is that what it was called? Yeah. The DC Universe, the DC streaming service, is shuttering its doors. And will be just comics, and all of the DC content is moving to HBO Max. Which, you know, makes sense. Yeah. I think DC really tried to kind of have... DC's strengths has always been, like, their cartoons and their TV shows. Mm -hmm. Like, even if their TV shows aren't always, like, catered towards, like, me, because I'm 30 now and not a teenager. (laughs) Um, You know, Flash was really fun for the first couple seasons, and, like, Mm -hmm. they still get good ratings, and Mm -hmm. they do some kind of neat stuff with it. So if anyone could have just kind of had, like, a more niche streaming service, especially with, like, the original content that they were putting onto that, it would have been DC. Um, I think, like, ever since this, like, the snafu with um, the Swamp Thing series in which they um, filmed it wrong, didn't get the incentives, and it cost way too much money. Um, They were just kind of downhill from there, and then... As time went on, more series were like filtered off to CW or HBO Max, and then yeah. eventually everything's just gonna go on HBO Max. So. Yeah, so that'll be a uh, in the like Marvel vs DC arena. That's a big blow for Disney Plus because HBO Max now will have Titans, Doom Patrol, 
the Harley Quinn show, mm-hmm. uh, and in theory, it seems like all the DC like cartoon content that was already on DC Universe, like Static Shock, uh, the Batman films, that kind of thing. Yeah. So that's like a big get for HBO Max and a big reason for people to subscribe because like, you know, people are good people are really into Doom Patrol. People really yeah. like that Harley Quinn show. Um, people are always rewatching like the animated Batman movies or Batman animated series and then like Static Shock's getting um, some new content next mm-hmm. year. So Yeah, so yeah. we'll we'll see what Marvel does. But speaking of Marvel comics, I would like to take us to nineteen seventy five. I was dead. <laughs> I was, I was, I had been born and died my first life. I've done, I've done that joke before. I'll do it again. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing can stop, Brenda. Um, <laughs> the year's 1975, and a little, a little comic comes out in May of that year to try and revitalize the label and its image. Giant size X-Men. <gasps> And the most, but today we're talking about the most important X Men, X Man, X. We're gonna talk about Storm. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Over. Um, I want to take us back a little bit further, even to 1971, where the first Black woman superhero was premiered. Um, oh. it actually was not Storm. She is credited as the first major black superheroine um is like the official thing but in 1971 the first black woman superhero was created and her name was the butterfly oh uh, she was in a short-lived comic that was titled hellrider that had two issues in 1971 <laughs> uh two issues it was under it was listed as an adult magazine so it wasn't under the comic code of authority which is a, if you don't know what that is i we will get into that some other time uh <laughs> But, a lot of bullshit, that's what it was. <laughs> it, uh, so, yeah. Oh, God. It was a lot of bullshit. Uh, Google it. Uh, the butterfly was a woman named Marion Michaels. You know, we still got that alliteration going on in comics. Mm-hmm. She was a Vegas singer by day and crime fighter by night. Uh, she premiered in the first issue of Hellrider, and she was also in the second issue. as, And she was a... They called it a backup issue, so like in the at the end of comics, sometimes it'd be like a short comic about something else, mm-hmm. and maybe that's like a character they want to test out to see if people want to see it, or maybe it's just like the printers like, hey, you have like two more pages for your order. Do you want to put something there or just run ads? So people would throw stuff in the back, and that's where she premiered in that little comic called Hellrider. I could not find anything besides like a screenshot of a page that she was on like it doesn't seem like like someone has that book because the images are digitized but i couldn't find that book to like look at in some kind of legal way and i couldn't even find Mm -hmm. it on like scan sites so it's like it's in someone's storage somewhere you know like yeah maybe it's in a museum because she's the first black superheroine like in some niche like town but uh i couldn't find to like read the story that premiered her Mm -hmm. Uh, but yeah, Storm is, uh, X-Men. X-Men, it's always written as X-Men. Like, they don't talk about a single X-Man often. Yeah. But X-Man. <laughs> Storm's a X-Man. Uh, just a quick little thing. You know, she premiered in Giant Size X-Men number one in, in May 1975. Uh, her non, her, not her, her real name is Aurora Munro. 
which is very hard to say. Yeah, it's uh, the Monroe that gets me. Like, I'll be like, Aurora, okay. And then they're like, Monroe. And I'm like, <laughs> shit. Uh, she's raised in Harlem. She's raised in Harlem, New York City. Uh, she moved to Cairo, Egypt with her parents early on in her life, where she was orphaned after her parents died in the Arab-Israeli conflict, which is a real thing that actually happened, which is something Marvel mm-hmm. Comics did a lot because it was like the comics outside your window. Uh, yeah. Her So Storm has a lot of very mm, things in her history that you can tell because mostly white men have written her, which we'll get into. Uh, mm-hmm. Her mom was a tribal princess of Kenya, who was a descendant of tribal princess which sometimes it's written witches sometimes it's written like uh priestesses but you you get what i mean <laughs> yeah yeah um i know <laughs> she was created by uh lynn wine and dave cockrum and i think those are the first white names i've said right on this podcast <laughs> and the Is last you ones say? you're <laughs> that will be the last you're on the list now <laughs> I always thought it was Len Wein, but maybe... Well, um, hey, streak is a lie. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know either. I'll be like, oh, yeah, Len Wein. Yeah, you know, I refuse to say I'm right, so you're probably right. Um, (laughs) The interesting thing of her creation is, like, she's an amalgamation of a lot of different things. Dave Cockrum was working at DC also at the time, on and off, because this is before people really nabbed creators for like exclusive deals and stuff how which is becoming pretty common now especially for big deals like this like this kind of deal now will probably be like an exclusive thing um yeah but dave crockman was working at uh dc and legion of superheroes and he had planned on premiering a character like storm there storm and nightcrawler who are both in giant size x-men um were characters he had planned on having in Legion of Superheroes, and then he didn't get asked to keep working on it, so he kind of just took them over to Marvel, and they're like, hey, we need a big team book with new superheroes, and he's like, you got it. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, the other thing with Storm is her powers are heavily based on a character he did create already, which was named Typhoon, and mm-hmm. her costume was actually going to be Black Cat's costume. Really? Yeah, originally Black Cat was going to be in the Giant Size X-Men book, but by the time, uh, during the hiatus on the X-Men project, the other female superheroes that were, like, cat-like had been introduced at Marvel because a bunch, you know, you ask a bunch of white guys to make quote-unquote sexy heroes, and for some reason we think cat, I don't know, hey, cat ladies. hey, stop, get, you are furry, and just accept it, okay? Hey, DC, where are my superhero cat boys? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Brenda demands cat boys. Give me some cat boys. Uh, but essentially they were like, you know, we can't have another cat-based superhero in. Like, there's too many. Um, so they took, like, Storm's original costume was going to be Black Cat, and they just added a cape because she could fly. Which <laughs> is about the thought and pro- and love that goes into Storm. <laughs> That that sets the course, everybody. That's where it begins. That's where it begins, and it it. I wish I could say it goes uphill, but it doesn't for a while. Um, nope. So, Giant Size X Men. Just talk about it a little bit was a big deal for Marvel. X Men was so like X Men now. I mean, how many movies, Brenda? Like eight hundred. 
too many (laughs) (laughs) movies and tv shows and i i don't know how many i meant to look up how many x-men books are happening right now also too many probably too many uh but they're like a huge deal but before giant size x-men people are over it it uh and maybe they were right (laughs) but (laughs) maybe they were but the first run of X-Men was tanking. It went on a hiatus. They couldn't move books. Like, people were over the lineup. People were over, like, the storylines. People just weren't into it. Um, now, who was the original lineup for that first X-Men run? Uh, it, Beast. Beast, Angel, Cyclops, Jean Grey. Is Iceman there? I think so. I could be wrong. It's weird because, like, Iceman sometimes is an adult and sometimes is a teenager. <laughs> Sometimes he's an ice boy. Yeah, so... But I think that's the original team. That's something I should have looked up. I didn't. Uh, Giant Size X-Men starts, and the original team is captured on Krakoa. And so Charles Xavier needs a new team to go save his old team. And they use this as a way to introduce, like, these new mutants. And so we get Storm, Wolverine, who had been in comics before, but not as a... He hadn't been, like, put forward as, like, a mutant superhero. Um... Mm -hmm. Colossus, Nightcrawler, who are the other people? That was off the you dome. See, Thunderbird. You Cyclops? Cyclops there? Cyclops is there, but he's not premiered. Like, ah. Cyclops exists. Oh, yeah, because he was in the... Yeah, okay. Uh, Yeah, Nightcrawler, Storm, Colossus, and Thunderbird, who was another person who was made by white people. <laughs> Oof. Thunderbird I'm, is a... I'm looking at him right now. He's a native... He is an indigenous hero. Uh indigenous american hero and you can tell that two white guys named lynn and dave made him <laughs> <laughs> oh lynn and dave <laughs> yeah even just like this is back when comic books used uh still use like tones to color mm-hmm. um so like which that means it's like an overlayering of three i think i'm not an expert an overlayering of three colors to make certain colors um and uh thunderbird skin is just red yeah it's just bright ass red. This it's not it ain't good. Um it's bad. But we got like these they, they added more diverse heroes. Like Storm is uh black. She's black, she is from Africa originally. Um Colossus is Russian, Nightcrawler is German? Yes. And um, Thunderbird <laughs> is Thunderbird. And then Wolverine is Canadian. Okay. Which was <laughs> Here's our diverse lineup of characters. We got a German, a Russian, a black lady, Native American, and Canadian. Oh my god, Canadian? Holy shit, Oh my shit, god, bro. we haven't seen... That's the representation we've been waiting for! <laughs> it's really weird he's Canadian, because when they do, like, Wolverine origin, the comic, he, like, grows up on a farm, which is just not what my head thinks of for Canada, ever. It's like, I guess that there's farms in Canada, because, like, you know, Canada's, like, we have a lot of farms here in Michigan. Yeah. There's we have a lot of trees here in Michigan. There's a lot of farms. Can- but Yeah, and Canada does just butt right up to us. It's just like, right in Detroit, there. In Detroit, you can accidentally enter Canada. Yeah, if you're not, if you ain't paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> you uh, you missed that turn and it's like, well, I'm going to Canada now. Uh, I had Do a I friend. have my passport? Nope. Nope. Oops. Well, well, I had a friend ha- have that happen one time. They're like, hey, what are you trying to do to Canada? I just need to turn around and I got on the wrong. Mm. Let me see your passport. I don't have it. It was an accident. Hmm, pull over there, please. <laughs> uh, so they wrote Giant Size X-Men, and then there was a 
bit of a like time in between and then uncanny x-men started coming out which is by chris claremont who wrote x-men for a long time who's also a white guy uh yeah it's the quintessential x-men run though it is uh but a lot of it is like this is like chris claremont's run while he's working on storm is less than ideal uh so Chris Claremont is responsible for like giving Storm a lot of her personality and her original backstory. Um, one of the things that sticks out to me is like they wanted her to feel like she didn't grow up in America, like she wasn't just a Black American; she was African. Um, mm-hmm. But again, ni- late nineteen seventies, early nineteen eighties understanding of that was like she didn't like to do things like wearing clothes. Like she would make comments mm-hmm. about like wearing clothes in public was dumb and. They, you know, if you read some of the old comics, they tried to let her, like, she had an accent. Like, they're like, do you get it? (laughs) Um, You know, her backstory is, like, it's pretty interesting because it it involves, like, a real conflict that happened in an area that her parents, like, her parents were in Harlem and her mom, being from Kenya, like, can't stand the racism going on in America, which is Mm -hmm. a huge part. Like, X-Men were made during the Civil Rights Movement. Like, that's entirely what they are representing. And so they have this black character who's actually affecting. Um, and so her parents leave Harlem. They move to Cairo, Egypt, because her mom wants to go back to Kenya. And the dad is like, you know, that's, you know, this is a big talk among black people in America. He's like, I don't know if I can do like real Africa. He's like, they'll look like me, but I don't fit in there either. You know, so there's this diaspora conversation they have. They end up in Cairo because her dad's a photojournalist, you know, and he's like, I can get work there. And they die in this horrific conflict that is happening mostly because of western involvement um and so they're saying a lot there but then storm's like she has this orphan story and she gets raised to be a thief in a pickpocket and there's a whole urchin line and like it's it's written by a bunch of white people (laughs) yeah it all boils down to that um chris claremont is also still working on the book when storm gets her punk look ah yes Uh, an iconic look (laughs) Her iconic punk look, which the hair is cool, but she becomes, like, not nice. Like, up until now, she has a relationship with Kitty Pryde, who's a teen X-Men. She's, like, a mother figure to her who, like, helps her get her bearings. Like, she's like, you know, I grew up alone and you won't grow up alone. Like, she's, like, she loves Kitty. She's like, Mm -hmm. Kitty, I'm, like, you'll want for nothing. She's like, the world is your oyster. And I'm, you know, she's like... Me and Kitty are going to take over the world. Yeah. And Marvel execs were like, we need a new look for Storm. Uh, And this look came out of a joke that when I dig into it, um, the artist and the editor in the book did like they were like, hey, here's some ideas we have. Uh, Here's a here's a quote. I did a number of portraits, all quite lovely and feminine. As a joke, I included a shot of her as Mr. T. You know, the kind of shot where they have to go the other way. Wheezy, who is uh, uh, the nickname for Oxman editor at the time, Louise Simpson's response. They're going to hang us whichever way we go. Let's commit the murder. I argued it was a joke and a monstrously bad idea, but given my departure following 175 was set prior to beginning of my run, my vote didn't count. So I did what I could uh, with what I had left, so we went with the Mohawk. But once you get the whole lover and stud thing, it was a bad joke that got way out of hand. And that quote is from uh, Paul Smith, who was the artist on the book. Oof. Uh, and it was a bad joke that kind of was bouncing around because um, 
there was a colleague that they all had named Walt Simpson who like shaved off his beard and mustache while on vacation. Um, and his wife was the editor on the book and like, she's telling them how their daughter hates like his new punk eighties look, you know? Um, yeah. And so they're like, Oh, let's put like inside joke. Ha ha. And for some reason, Louis Simpson, uh, thought the, they, they didn't think anyone would go for a new look for storm because storms look was very sexualized. Her original costume. If you haven't seen it, it's like, there's like a keyhole for her belly button and it opens at her hips and it opens at her back. Like, she doesn't she's got have like thigh high boots, yeah, with little holes in them around, and she's got like a low cut top and then a cape over that. So it's it's when done well. I've seen it done like in a tasteful way and it's cool, but it was not mm-hmm. done in that way at this time period. Uh, and so they didn't think the label would want any change because they're like, well, we gotta have this naked black lady. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, and after this happened, Storm becomes like she has a darker look on life she her and kitty aren't as close anymore um it just she is like i'm dark storm now essentially uh this also is the first time she takes over leadership of the x-men she best cyclops in a duel in a danger room Ooh. uh and she she takes control of the x-men here and there she's kind of like the other leader frankly like the leaders are usually either storm cyclops or uh not Wolverine. Storm, Cyclops. Kitty. Kitty leads it when she's an adult a few times. Yes. Uh, Kitty. But in through like the 80s and 90s, it's like Storm or Cyclops are in charge. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, a lot of what I, I have a lot of stuff. Um, but, you know, I am curious, Brenda, because I have some stuff here on issues, like uh, key issues that involve Storm uh, mm-hmm. and prices. I know you used to work in that, and did you ever get any, like, Storm books in? The only Storm book I got, oh god, what was it? There was, like, a first, I think it was, like, the first appearance of a new look, not her punk look. Is it the I think there was, white costume, maybe? No, it, I think it was, like, a 90s one. Mm. I don't even know if it was an appearance of, it was, like, first Storm does this thing, or something that's gotcha. so vague. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It wasn't, it was, like, worth maybe, like, $10 yeah. in good shape, you know, like, but I think that's the closest that we got to, um, like, an iconic Storm issue that came in while I was there. I got First Gambit a lot, mm-hmm. um, First Deadpool a lot, mm-hmm. um, and um, I got to hold First Spider-Man, but Ooh. there weren't really any, that was, I'll have to talk about that on the podcast one of these days, because I literally, uh, which is, I just had a breakdown. Did you just shake? I, <laughs> I was, look, dude, the guy just handed it to me. Um, and I guess I'll talk about it now. The guy just came in and, you know, people all the time will just be like, um, they'll just say like, oh, I have like the first appearance of Superman. And mm. he'll be like, ah, no, you don't. <laughs> and so like a guy calls and my coworker picks it up and he's like, oh, this guy says he has like a first Iron Man and a first uh, Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. And I don't think he does, but um, I can you look at them? And I was like, yeah, I'm not doing anything. They'll take a look. So he brings them in. He found them inside of a wall, which you hear about all the time. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it doesn't really happen, you think? Right. Anyway, he found them inside a wall. He opens up this cardboard thing. And there it is. Amazing. Wow. Yeah. The first one. The first boy. And um, he's just like, oh, yeah, go take a look at it. And like, I pick it up. It was about like a 4.0. I imagine I imagine you putting on those museum gloves. I know you don't. but I, I did. Oh, I did. You do? I didn't know you had so, those. Yeah, I did. I 
the gloves that we had were very tiny and I didn't always wear them. I would wash my hands for sure mm-hmm. beforehand. Um, but if it wasn't like particularly old, I would just make sure my hands were clean and that I didn't touch my face because like with the gloves, you have less articulation. So there's actually more chance of mm. damage occurring. And I did have tongs, but there's also like chance that with the tongs, you can damage it too. Right. So just, I did put my gloves on and I held it and I just like was shaking so bad. And I was just like, Ugh! and I started crying. <laughs> Wow. And, and this whole time, there's a first Iron Man, which is you know, also important. It's but fine. I'm just like, don't care. Don't care. Spider-Man is here in my hands. Um, and then I like, you know, I had to call my boss and be like, I don't think we can we can't possibly buy this from him. And I'm like trying to think of like, how can we get how can we buy this? This is like just like a big investment. And then like more phone calls to the boss, me crying in the office. <laughs> just like, I, what I must say is I hope we weren't friends yet, and you didn't think to call me. We were not. Okay. No, this was like a little bit, just just probably just right before we became Damn. friends. I don't know if I Because I, I would have. I probably couldn't have afforded it, but maybe that guy didn't know what he, like, you know, maybe he's like, sure, a hundred bucks. <laughs> no, it, he, he kind of knew it was worth a lot. And if I remember correctly, based on like very tiny, because when you get like to the real old shit, yeah. grading it becomes incredibly difficult because it's literally down to like how big a crease is. Right. And you have to like measure that shit. So like, you know, I did it like a precursor one. I was like, we can't absolutely do this. It was between four thousand and ten thousand dollars. Maybe more. Because um because the book isn't always accurate because the market changes so much. Right. So you get a book once a year and it can literally change immediately. Um you know, like Deadpool could come out and the Deadpool book shoots up, but the the grading book says it's still worth like 50 bucks, mm-hmm. you know. So it was a, it was a lot. So would you like to know how much giant size X-Men goes for a 9.8? Uh, oh, a 9.8. I'm going to guess. Guess. Because um, I've never had a chance to grade one of those, but it was always a dream of mine. It was like one of my gets. Mm-hmm. So I know first Gambit, which I do believe Storm is on the cover of. So I guess that's a Storm issue that kind of came Mm-hmm. shop quite often gambit's like around like 50 ish maybe less mm-hmm. um this giant size x-men i'm going to put it at 500 giant size x-men for 9.8 can go for sixteen thousand dollars. that is the last sale jesus <laughs> holy shit <laughs> hey giant size x-men at a so everyone we're talking about comic grading it goes on a 10 point scale 10 doesn't exist because yes. that's perfect and nothing off of factory yep. line is perfect so usually like your 9.8, 9.5s are what people consider, that's like basically perfect, you know? That's like what you're going to get mm-hmm. from a factory. Unless someone is like hand making the comic, it'll never be, like a 10 doesn't exist. Like if someone's like, I have a 10, you're lying. Every so often you can get a 10 with like a book that has like a large spine. Mm. So like uh, Batman Damned is one of those where like the spine is so big that you don't, you're not going to get spine creases. And because it has like heavier paper. Gotcha. You can potentially get a 10 with a book that has, a, like, a big spine. Okay. But single-issue comics are, like, the most brittle things upon this yeah, planet. Yeah, especially Earth. these old, like, 70s books. Like, mm-hmm. absolutely, like it, they weren't 10s when they got made. <laughs> no. Like, they show up to comic shops, like, even current comics show up to comic shops between, like, an 8.5 and, like, maybe, like, down to a 5. Yeah. They show up in, like, cardboard boxes, and the people packing them don't give a shit. Like, the people, I've got The people bringing them blades. also don't give a shit. <laughs> yes um books have been left out in the rain like the boxes like they couldn't get back to the back so they just left them in the alley <laughs> um yeah comic books just don't show up at the store in good shape so don't get angry when your book has a little crease in it yeah it's, it's so whoever had this 9.8 that the sale that i'm looking at like they they like knew someone and like got that they did it wasn't shipped they like took this book like off the line mm-hmm 
Uh, but it sold yeah. for sixteen thousand. Um, there's reports, Brenda, of giant size X Men at a point eight, going for eight hundred dollars. A point eight. Point eight. Everybody that... is like pages are Ooh. missing. <laughs> yeah, pages are missing. Maybe there's like a chunk just ripped out of the cover. Staples are detached or rusty, and it smells like a basement. Yeah, like point eight is like the shit of the shit. <laughs> eight hundred dollars holy shit <laughs> yeah people and these are like current digital these are like uh based these are averages based off of sales in the last year oh my god so th- like that doesn't mean everyone like whoever there's like someone out there who sold a point eight who got a lot that probably shouldn't have that raised that average up uh mm-hmm. But that 9.8 is like, that's one, there's like one of those. There's like, there, was... that one book is moving around between people's collections when they want to sell it. I was so far off. I'm rusty. I, hey, <laughs> I, I was just as shocked, which is, that was one of the things I was like, I can't wait to tell you and hear you freak out. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> so to compare that though, other books with Storm, like key issues of Storm, sell very low. Mm. Very low. So in 2006, um, and there's a bunch of stuff I skipped over. Uh, but in 2006, Storm and T'Challa get married. Um, mm-hmm. This is a big deal comic book wedding. Marvel does the whole shebang, similar to a certain uh, Batman book that came out recently. There's like a mini series for it, and they do like all this press release stuff. They're like comic event of the century. Um, mm-hmm. She has her dress designed by a real wedding dress designer, uh, who was an Emmy Award winning costume designer, similar to like. I know Catwoman's wedding dress was designed by, like, a real designer. It premiered... Yeah. You know, her dress premiered in uh, TV Guide, because this is 2006, and TV Guides are still... That's, like, it was actually a big deal. Um, That book goes for $5. Are you kidding me? I'm like, that is a key issue that is one of... To this day, still one of the biggest, like, couples in Marvel. They are currently divorced, but that's still, like... Like, people still talk about it. I know people keep saying, like, I wonder if they're going to do it for the MCU. And, you know, that probably isn't possible anymore because the child won't be in it. But they're a very big deal. Like, both those characters yeah. are huge. And they're huger now than they were when it came out. And I couldn't... Like, I found some copies going for cover value. Oh, my God. The $5 that's... was for, for, like, the variant. That's just a, kind of abysmal. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, it's, and a lot of her key issues are like that. There's a key issue, um, there's a Storm miniseries that ran. All of those books go for cover value or lower. Geez. Um, the first time Storm and T'Challa meet is in Marvel Team Up 100 in 1980. And they're, they're like, their story is retconned in this, uh, prelude to their wedding by, uh, by a writer. Um, but the first time they meet is Marvel Team Up 100. And that book, I think I found one that was like 20, but most of them were also cover value or lower. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, these are like key issues are like, like first first meeting of T'Challa and Storm, wedding of T'Challa and Storm. Like those are huge. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if it was just like they printed too many. Yeah. Because that kind of, let's look, I'm going to look really quick on comic book realm and see what like batman's wedding issue is and then we can compare and get angry <laughs> um but yeah joe coseta who was the marvel um editor-in-chief at the time for this time was said it was the marvel equivalent to the marriage of lady diana and prince charles so this is like Ooh. a uh a huge deal and it was also this book was a tie-in yeah. to the civil war arc that was going on actively oh so jeez. This book should be worth so much more. 
Yeah, I don't, I don't know why it's so, like, again, I don't know if it's, like, since it was a Civil War tie-in and this big deal, if they printed too many, so everyone who wanted it got it. I don't know. Yeah. You know, I didn't, like, I looked randomly on a Wednesday in September. I don't know if I look when they announce, like, a new X-Men movie or something, if it'll shoot up in price, like, everyone will want it. Because, um, mm-hmm. like Brenda said, these books, like, comic book collecting is fine, but trying to collect to make money is a very fickle market in that you shouldn't do it because <laughs> it's it's very risky yeah. and you usually aren't going to make just, money. You just collect things that make you happy because if you don't collect things that make you happy, you're not going to be happy because they will not be worth anything. No. Um, the Batman issue 50, which is the wedding issue, goes for $5. Okay. Um, so. But the fact that like other Keystorm issues also aren't going for a lot of money is also very telling. Yeah, I mean, I looked into... So there's a giant size Storm book coming out right now. Um, mm. and they have a, their, their variants for that. I was looking cause I really want the Jim Bartle variant and those books are all going for cover price, even the variants. And I'm like, you, you know, I don't want things to be overpriced. Like I'm glad I can just get it for cover price. Cause I missed the release of it, mm-hmm. but I'm also kind of like, what the fuck? <laughs> where, yeah. where is the respect for storm? At least like mark it up to like 10 bucks or something. Yeah. But I don't like it's a variant. Yeah, Marvel also does the thing where there are too many variants. Um, True. They will put out like 10 variants for like each Marvel issue. True. Um, and that's, this is kind of like yeah. what gets to me is Storm, she's incredibly powerful. I didn't mention her powers. Mm-hmm. If you don't know Storm's power, she has. She's so OP. Yeah. She has been cited as like, she's an Omega level mutant, which is she could cause a world ending event if she wanted to. Um, Storm says, like, what her power actually is, is she is in tune with all of, with all of nature on the planet. Um, so she could, like, she said in some book, I couldn't find the, um, issue number. This is, like, from a YouTube video I watched, but, and they showed, like, the art, so I know she actually said this. I didn't just take their word for it. Uh, she said if she wanted to, she could cause a tsunami in, uh, she's like, I could cause a tsunami off the coast of South Korea while she was, like, having tea. Like, she doesn't mm-hmm. have to be where she's causing these things. She's just in tune with, like, the nature of any planet she's on, because she's been shown to also use her powers in space to cause, like, solar windstorms and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Storm is incredibly powerful. She has her mutant power. It's been alluded to that she knows she has mystical power from her mother that she just hasn't been trained on. Um, yeah. There was a Marvel deck of, like, tarot cards that came out a while ago and it came with this big lore book and then the lore book it said like there are three people who could be the most powerful mage in the marvel universe scarlet witch storm or doctor mm-hmm. strange mm-hmm. boy and of those two of them are people who have like in the marvel comics at least have like you know learned magics and storm just hasn't she's just like walking around with radiant with like latent power she just hasn't used yet she doesn't even need to. She's already so strong. Yeah, she's... Like, she can... <laughs> Just do whatever the hell she wants. She doesn't need magic. Like, get wrecked, Doctor Strange. Get dunked on, Wanda. <laughs> <laughs> um, so she's incredibly powerful. She's an incredibly cool character. And frankly, throughout her history, she kind of gets used whenever Marvel is like, we need to make money with black people. Mm, yeah. uh, like I mentioned, in 2006, she got married to T'Challa. Um... And this book, this is the first time, everyone, by the way, that Storm gets written by a black person. 
the in writer is in 2006. She was made in 1975. Uh, <sighs> Eric Jerome Dickey writes the Storm miniseries and is on Black Panther at the time. Um, and they specifically wanted to target black women for this book. They wanted to target more female and more African-American audience is what they said. Mm -hmm. um, this is where they retcon her story a little bit, which gets to me where before when she met T'Challa, um, Storm is seen as her 12-year-old self, like as a pickpocket, you know, being raised on the street. And she saves teenage T'Challa from like a, essentially a gang of racists that are like chasing him in the jungle. She saves him and she's like, you're welcome. You mm -hmm. idiot. <laughs> um, <laughs> Absolute dummy. <laughs> in Dickie's miniseries, they change it a little bit. They both seem to be vaguely teenagers. I read the book last okay. night and it's not, they don't, it's not clear how old they are. Um, they seem to be of the same age and now T'Challa saves her, which of course, I guess, whatever. Uh, oh, oof. and then she sleeps with him like three days later. Hmm. Hmm. Um, hmm. <laughs> she, this hmm. this guy who did save her life, but that she met, and then she he's like, "I'm gonna be king one day." She's like, "Ah, oh, let's do it." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and the book is like the miniseries storm that leads up to their wedding was pretty good, but that like I read into it because like people are I can find like archived posts of people being like, "So is she 12 in this? Because she was 12 before." You didn't say how old she was. You didn't say how old he was. They're both drawn yes. very adult, which is something that happens mm -hmm. a lot with black characters. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the fact that they're likely timeline-wise teenagers. It's yeah. Like, mm -hmm. And then they change the narrative from like, she saves him. Cool. To like, he saves her. All right. Yeah. I've seen that before. It's very like, again, like it's the first time black person wrote Storm at all. He's a black man. And their meaning, like Storm was very... uh Oh, what's the trope? Born sexy yesterday. Mm. Like, she's very, like, dewy-eyed, and she's like, doesn't know how to use her powers, and she's so afraid of them, and she thinks she's cursed. Like, ah. when the Marvel team-up book, yes. she's like, she's like, one, I'm a great pickpocket. Two, I'm super fucking strong if I want to be. Yeah. <laughs> I like that interpretation a lot better. <laughs> um, So it's, and that's, like, what I say, like, Storm gets brought out, like, when they want to make money off black people like storm is having a resurgence now and there's a lot of civil unrest going on and i'm not saying storm definitely deserves it storm also deserves to at least once be written by a black woman maybe yeah storm has been written by a black woman exactly once in 2017 yona harvey worked on black panther and the crew which got canceled after two issues which is absolute bullshit because that series was good <laughs> would you like to know i have it pulled up would you like to know what other books were coming out then that didn't get canceled I think I know, but please <laughs> hurt. It's gonna hurt. <laughs> uh, other books that were coming out that weren't canceled, there were three different Wolverine books coming out. There were three Deadpool books. There were five Guardians of the Galaxy books. Yep. Uh, this is where Marvel's pushing all the Star Wars stuff, so I can't, I'm not even gonna waste, I didn't count them a lot. It's just like Star Wars, Star Wars, Star Wars. Um, Star Wars, Star Wars, Star Wars. And there are three X-Men books. And they started releasing a new, like, Marvel Zombies book. Oh, yeah. I remember <laughs> that. <laughs> and so of all those books, they were, like, after two... So everyone... Black Panther and the crew was, uh, was like, a part of... Ta-Nehisi Coates was building this whole, like, Black Panther line of stuff at Marvel. They canceled all his books except the normal Black Panther book. They were like, well, mm -hmm. 
the movie's done and people don't care, so we're we're done with that. Um, yeah, despite the fact that like the main the first issue of his run of Black Panther like broke records. Yeah. Um. It, so and so he had this book, Black Panther and the Crew, which is a book that had happened before, and it was kind of like getting the crew back together. It was like the setup, and it was T'Challa, Storm, Luke Cage, Misty Knight. Yeah. And they're they're like the crew. They were like these. Because Luke Cage and Misty are based in Harlem. Storm grew up in Harlem and would often come help them out. And so it was like this idea of like these black heroes like protecting their community. And the first arc was dealing with police brutality of some kind. And Mm. for it to get canceled after issue two is like Marvel planned on canceling it because they did not have numbers yet. Like issue two came out and they're like, we're canceling this book. So they canceled it based off of the first numbers they maybe had off of issue one. They didn't even wait for reorders. Yeah, and if I remember correctly, it was selling really good because Black Panther was like one of our highest subscribed to series at the time. Mm-hmm. And um, I think we automatically subscribed everyone to like B- Black Panther and the crew and a lot of people, you know, just kept it on. It was a solid book. Yeah. And to hear that Marvel just like canceled it, second issue, ridiculous. There's no time to collect data on that. They were just, they just didn't want anything to do with it anymore. Yeah, I was going to say I would love to hear how it was doing at... Uh the story you're working at that you did that was like my next note was like ask brenda <laughs> <laughs> yeah because we would sometimes like occasionally like so if like someone subscribed to batman and there's like another batman series coming out mm-hmm. we'll either special order the first issue or just automatically subscribe someone to it and then just be like hey you don't have to get this but like this is what this is if you want to try it so i think we did that with black panther and the crew um and it wasn't doing bad. Like, you know, reception was positive. It's well-written. The art was very nice. Um, so there was literally no reason for it to be canceled. And Marvel was doing a lot of that with, like, some of their mini series or, like, quote-unquote mini series that had, like, more diversity mm-hmm. to them. I think that's right around when, like, She-Hulk got canceled. Yeah. There were a lot. I've probably blocked a lot of them out of my mind. America is coming just... out, but it is... Mm. I think it's around when it gets canceled because it's on issue three. And if I remember it, it also only got to do half its run and then was canceled and then had to finish up. Yeah. Um, yeah, they were they were very notorious around that time for like premiering like a new series and being like, look how diverse this is. And then canceling it after three issues. Well, Wolverine gets to have like multiple mini series for his little self. Yeah. Like, And Wolverine didn't sell out well. No, I, I was like, I like Wolverine and I was like, well, there's a lot of Wolverine happening now. And they're like, hey, you remember Old Man Logan? We have Old Man Logan as a new single issue series. And you're like, wait, why? It was like a cool, wait, what? (laughs) Yeah. And then it's like, Old Man Logan, Old Man Peter Quill, Old Man, God, Deadpool, Old Man. Oh, they did so many. They're like, oh, you like Deadpool? Here's Gwenpool. Oh, you like Wolverine? Here is uh, X-20 and like, like, here's a Weapon X book. And you're like, wait. So you have Old Man Wolverine and Weapon X original, like, origin story Wolverine? Is this... Yeah. What what timeline am I in? And there was also all new Wolverine, and you're like, wait. (laughs) Which Wolverine? And so it's just like the... I don't know, Storm doesn't, like... Storm's divorce with T'Challa is brought up in the Avengers vs. X-Men storyline crossover book as a throwaway line. Jeez. It's like Storm shows up to Wakanda to deal with Namor, um... And we won't get into the Avengers vs. X-Men thing, but she she shows up for a fight, and T'Challa's like, oh, I know their marriage. It's like one page. <laughs> and that that's it for this, like, powerhouse couple, and that's, like, 
Storm, like real life black woman, just doesn't get the respect she deserves from mm-hmm. being whitewashed to, you know, her storylines just being, is it making us money? Okay, we're done. Like, cool. We had Storm on a cover. We're moving on. Yeah, like she got that mini series in 2017, which was also very good, mm-hmm. but it, I think that got only four issues before it was canceled. And it wasn't advertised as a mini series. Right. Um, and it wasn't doing badly. Right. Um, she, this is a, yeah. I was like, she had, yeah, she also, like, every series I could find, if I am wrong, someone, ple- I would love to be wrong. Everything I could find, besides the Black Pan from the Crew issues written by Yona Harvey, were written by men and usually white men. Like, all her mm-hmm. all her solo stuff were white men. Oof. And it's just, like, frustrating, because, like, Storm is so cool. Um, there's this quote um, from an author named Gladys L. Knight, who is the author mm-hmm. of, this is a long book, Female Action Heroes, A Guide to Women in Comics, Videos, and Film. Uh, and she said, let me read it here. Oh, where did it start? Oh. Uh, in 2010, she wrote, Two defining aspects of Storm's persona are her racial identity and her social status as a mutant. The X-Men have long been symbolically represented uh, marginalized communities and the debut of the X-Men coincided directly with the Civil Rights Movement, in which their plight of the mutants mirrored that of African Americans. Storm's creation, in particular, was during the heyday of black exploitation films. And so, like, the mm-hmm. fact that, like, the X-Men for a long, like, have represented like, the struggle and specifically, like, at the time Civil Rights Movement and the black people struggle, and for them to put in a black character and it's during black exploitation, and she was not a black exploitation character. Um, black exploitation, if people don't know what that means, is like, like fro, like afros, and like disco, and like think uh, Shaft. Mm-hmm. Uh, Luke Cage was originally a black exploitation character. Like if you look at his original design, um, so for her to be like this, like black african like literally treated like a goddess when xavier finds her like there's a people worshiping her and for her historically to just get used like when they want to move books from what i can see yeah no that's really there's a definite pattern of that that she just kind of gets like pulled out as a character and then put back and it's like that's not fair because she's incredible i feel like our generation that grew up with like the animated series has just like a major attachment to her because and even like you know like the couple generations after us Mm -hmm. uh who grew up with like uh, x-men evolution which i believe she was kind of like a figure in that one yeah and x-men evolution she's one of like x-men evolution is like what if they were teens and the only adults are logan and storm and xavier so she's she's kind of like the teacher yeah um and even then you know like we the two generations that grew up with those cartoons have like a big connection to this character because in those shows she was really important she was very important uh, and it's rough kind of like making the it's rough for people who like enjoy like the cartoon thing to like transfer over to the comics in the first place because of the continuity mm-hmm. but when you really like a character who is really important in this one piece of media and then you like try to follow up on what they're she's doing and like her where she originated from mm-hmm. and she's not doing anything you know that's kind of like what tends to turn people away from comics right because she's treated you know, in the X-Men films where Halle Berry played her, she's treated a bit better. Um, mm-hmm. I have not seen the Age of Apocalypse movie that features her mohawk. <laughs> uh, I have not seen that one either. That's the only one I haven't so seen. So I can't speak to that. Um, but yeah, in the cartoon, she's like, she's shown as this strong, loving character. Like, in both shows, she's like, you know, no one's going to hurt my people, period. <laughs> yeah. 
uh like that she's like that's not a discussion and she's shown as like this strong and caring person you know in x-men evolution she's one of the adults so like she's like teaching them and helping them and she she's like trying to get them like used to who they are um you know in the 90s show she is shown in as good of a light as you would expect from a 90s cartoon for like her origin story and stuff mm-hmm. um there's nothing there's nothing that jumps out as like that was mm. like even like she had an accent but it was it was not offensive mm. i would say um and her voice is so powerful too. it is very powerful and she that's the yeah that's the voice i hear when i ever i read Storm me too it's powerful and commanding and strong Cyclops is nasally. Wolverine is always growling. Ugh. <laughs> Bob. <laughs> hey. Uh, yeah, it's it's just very unfortunate to me. Like, I, I, I just want a dark-skinned storm on the screen. I want a black mm-hmm. woman against right storm. It's... It, the, and this right now, as of this recording, in the year of 2020, Storm has been written by a black woman once for a book that Marvel canceled after two issues. Yeah, and that's ridiculous. And that book had some cool There's... stuff in it. Before it got canceled, yeah. her... I don't know if people remember this. She had she had a Thor hammer at one point that she gets back in this great. book. It was great. It's called Stormcaster. Can you can you imagine, everyone? Storm's already a mega level, and then someone's like, here's a god hammer. Is that not the <laughs> coolest like, comic book shit? It's so cool. Why does nobody, like, capitalize on this? She, like, she has... Incredible storm powers and could literally destroy the planet if she felt like it. She has magic that she just never taps it in taps into because she doesn't need it, but she's like right up there with like the most powerful magic users in all of the Marvel universe. And now she's got like a hammer. <laughs> a god hammer. Like she's literally like maybe the most powerful person in the Marvel universe. Yeah. And she And she she doesn't have her own book. Like, absolutely, like, they, Storm could be doing, like, Marvel loves this cosmic, like, Storm could be out doing, like, cosmic shit, fighting, like, the Infinity Beyonder, I don't know, like, some kind of weird Jack Kirby <laughs> stuff like that, because she's that strong. Yeah. yeah. And instead, they're like, oh, we need to start a new X-Men book, let's put Storm on the cover. Or she kind of gets relegated, you know, to, like, the position of a teacher, and mm-hmm. it's just like, well, she could, you know, like, she could be off saving the world. Maybe, like, you know, Wolverine needs to take a rest. Please. And teach some kids for a little bit. <laughs> Let him rest. Let Logan rest. <laughs> you know, it's like she kind of gets relegated to, like, this motherly role. And that is, like, a big part of her character. Mm-hmm. But, like, she also is a lot more than that, too. Right. And I really would, I hope we get to see that soon. I do, too. Um, Yeah, it's like we've gotten some really good runs. Like, we got um the Miss Marvel run written by, um, ooh, ooh, ooh. Wait, was it G. Willow Wilson? Yes. Okay, okay. I so knew it at the start, Marvel? but I I thought you meant like current Miss Marvel. I was like, I don't know who writes it now. I know G. Willow oh, Wilson wrote no. it. Oh, no, G. Willow Wilson, who is a uh, Muslim woman writing Miss um, Marvel. Mm-hmm. And then Saladin Ahmed uh, took over writing Miles Morales and is now currently writing Miss Marvel. Mm-hmm. Um, and both of those runs are really, really solid runs. Yeah. 
and you kind of get that because like you know G Willow Wilson was Muslim and um Salah Ahmed um is also Muslim and so Marvel like again this industry is mostly white men making these characters like Miles Morales was made by a white guy uh yeah Brian Michael Bendy Brian Michael Bendy and he he to his credit he likes to make diverse characters he went to DC and made and created Naomi who is a black girl um yeah which was co-written by I don't know it was co-written by someone though it wasn't just yeah, him it was co it was co-written by a black man oh uh <laughs> To my point, it is just like these characters are like mostly handled, created, and decided on by white people, mostly white men. Um, Sometimes white women get to be on these books. It's mostly white men in this, in the industry up until recently. And Mm -hmm. I don't know, it just feels like more and more like there's this, there's a story thing where there's this issue of something. I don't even know what it was. I found it on Twitter with Storm in it. Uh, and Storm makes an offhanded comment about listening to this morning show that's called The Breakfast Club with Charlemagne the God. And every single black mm-hmm. woman was like, no black woman listens to that show. Let a black woman write this <laughs> character. They're like, not a single black yeah. woman likes that man. <laughs> and yeah. in my experience, that has been true. I've not met a, I've, any black woman I've met. If they bring up that show, it's about how misogynistic that guy is and how they'd never like they would never listen to it. And so it's just that thing of like. Some white person is like, I've heard of this black show before. She watches it. And everyone's like, she wouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> She's, she absolutely would not. And it's that thing. You get stories that are more, like, for like authentic, but also just more, like, fleshed out and, like, they feel more real mm-hmm. um, when you get, like, a, you know, someone who can write this character, mm-hmm. you know. Um, David F. Walker is the oh, uh, co-writer of Naomi. There we go. Um, who he had a really good run on Cyborg. Nice for DC. And so that's you know it's awesome, but like I think of black women in comics, I can think of Yona Harvey because I know about her now because I looked it up. Mm-hmm. And Roxane Gay. And that's it. That's it. That like I don't have I like that, those are the two people, and one of them are is a person who like I only know because I read this book that got canceled after two issues. And that's not to say that there aren't more black women in comics, like, doing cool shit. There's, like, Steez, um, is someone I think of, like, off the dome, but... Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was thinking about Steez, too. You know, in superhero books, in superhero world, it's pretty much all dudes, like, right? Like, because Steez doesn't do, like, big superhero stuff, and I don't think she would. Um, Yeah. I don't know if anyone turned down working on, like, Storm, but, (laughs) like, that's not, like, something she pitches... Steez, if you're listening. Hey, Steez, if um, you're listening, if you want to, <laughs> if you want, we will start right now on this podcast helping you petition Marvel to let you draw Storm. It would be incredible. <laughs> Just saying. Um, but it, there aren't black women in that realm because they aren't given a space to be. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've never worked in the industry, but I'm sure... Like, I'm sure you have countless stories, but I'm just, like, working in it as a retailer, like, being made to feel like you shouldn't be at your job. That you don't have to say, I'm just like, yeah. I, I know you've told me in private, and I won't, I won't air it here. <laughs> I'm just very upset, and I'm talking emotionally now. Oh, I love you so much. Um, yeah, it's, you know, there's, 
and I'm not talking, uh, I'm just talking from my own perspective, uh, but what tends to happen with women in comics is that a lot of them get relegated. And I've seen this with like my friends. We have a mutual friend who works in comics mm-hmm. who is constantly feeling like she's being relegated to work on like kids books. Mm-hmm. Um, and she finally gets to work on like a more adult book, but breaking into like, quote unquote, the big two, which is Marvel and DC for, you know, women is difficult enough. And then like for women of color, it's even worse. Mm-hmm. And the fact that, like, you know, the big two doesn't have any talented black women working on their books is just like, what year is this? Yeah. It's, it is a shame. And I don't know, Storm is right there. Like, if you want to use mm-hmm. Storm, like, there, I can, I can't even imagine the kind of work, like, a black woman would do with, like, if she was given, like, a mini series of Storm. And from that, I know the sales would be like, well, let's give her a full series. Let's let her write the next big crossover. Let's put mm-hmm. Storm in the middle of this big crossover, like, and like then there's like movies and shows, and like it just kind of balloons from there. This is a character that has so much potential. Yeah. She, they just have to <laughs> try. <laughs> she is one of the strongest mutants, one of the strongest spellcasters, and has a god hammer. I don't like you have three avenues to go down, people. You know, it's like if you had a character like that, and you're like, okay, this character has magic, could do all this stuff, is just like got any. It was a guy character. Dudes would be all over that shit. Yeah. They would just be like, "Yeah, I love God, man." How many, <laughs> how many fucking Batman, Superman, and like Iron Man movies do we have to make? How many, like, like you know, we don't even make good ones. <laughs> like, <laughs> like it's there. Like how I don't know. Like I, I love Spider Man. I don't do how many Spider Man movies do we make before we get a Storm movie? How many, like, like again, like I we talk about Black Widow. I'm, it's fine, I guess. Like, how long until we have not? Black Widow, you know, I love Carol Danvers, like, cool, we made Captain Marvel, like, what's next? More strong white ladies? And that's supposed to be enough yeah, for like, women of color? It's not enough. Like, Carol Danvers, it, it, I like, I enjoy that movie, but, you know, it's really time. Yeah. You know, let's stop making Wolverine movies. Please. Oh my god. <laughs> we don't need another Deadpool. Oh my god. Okay? Like, you know, there's a lot of, like, untapped potential. And um, Black Panther proved yeah. that people are ready. So just do, just do it. it. I want to see Storm fucking fight Carol Danvers. Because they're both like, yes. they're probably the two strongest people out there. Yeah. And like now that can happen because Disney owns. <laughs> just listen. Who who, who want to fight? Carol Danvers or Storm? Uh-uh. Why are they fighting? It's it's a comic it's a comic movie. movie. That's why they're fighting. Do we need a reason? <laughs> Listen, Batman vs <laughs> Superman taught me one thing: you can just punch someone without asking them one fucking question. And then the fight just stops when you realize <laughs> your mom's had the same name. I'm sorry. His first question, to Superman, was, "Do you bleed?" And Superman said, "Huh?" And then he punched him. <laughs> <laughs> Do you bleed? What? Do you well? <laughs> can you imagine meeting someone and they're like, "Hey, can you bleed?" I'm sorry. Excuse me. And then they stab you. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and that's what you get when dudes make stuff. Everybody, <laughs> that's like that's they just get to make bad things. That's not a move. That's not a story. <laughs> no, that's just punching. And I do like, you know, I am a sucker for a crossover where, like, you know, like they, it crosses yeah. over. They fight very briefly, realize they like need to work together, and then they work together. Yeah. Like that's how that, and that's fine. But like. There needs to be a legitimate reason for why they fight each other. <laughs> for example, in the Aladdin Hercules crossover cartoon episode, mm-hmm. 
Which is just doing really wild stuff with time period, but continue. <laughs> just, we're we're all over the place with timing right now. <laughs> I just can't talk about it. <laughs> Jafar is dead and he's in Hades and he talks to Hades and he's like, Hey, I'm Jafar and I need you to kill Aladdin. And Hades is like, Well, how do I do that? And he's like, Well, I just tell Hercules that Aladdin is a dummy. <laughs> got him i got him and then they fight and then jasmine's just like god fuck stop stop fighting and they're like okay i will say all right my last storm thing um yeah storm has fought at least one god she fought wonder woman in that that one time marvel dc crossover we got that will never happen again god you know people will be like oh can i read that stuff and it's like it is not in print it will never no, be in print ever no absolutely again. not you can't you better go find that shit on the internet that's the one time i'll say that and also uh, did, did did storm win she won okay good because if she did not win that fight that would be some bullshit because yeah. like wonder woman is strong is not bulletproof but has fast reflexes i guess yeah I mean, she's Can she fly? she's ostensibly a. I don't know if she's like God by this point in their syndication of stuff, but like mm-hmm. Wonder Woman we now know in comics is like she's a god who just is like I'd rather be a superhero. Which okay, that's a weird choice. Yeah, <laughs> but all right, but yeah, she, if that's what you want. She put in that work on Wonder Woman, so Storm Storm has beat one canonical god already. So Thor. You're fucking Yeah, Storm, you better watch your fucking back. She's coming for that lightning, bro. Yeah, she's going to take that lightning. <laughs> she's going to take your hammer. So she has two hammers. And your axe. She's going to kiss her boots. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to the hours, everybody. <laughs> I was just like, I'd watch Thor kiss Thorn's boots. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. Don't worry. I would do <laughs> All right, we're gonna go be horny when our show's done. Bye, everybody. Uh, Bye. Wait, we um, have credits. <laughs> yeah, uh, don't forget to uh, rate us on Apple Podcasts. Uh, please rate us a five um, and leave a little message. Uh, it kind of just brightens our day and makes us feel happy. Um, our music is provided by Freedom Trail Studios. You can find them on YouTube. You can find us on Twitter at Nerd Mysteries. Uh, that's where we tweet out about the show and polls and stuff. Uh, you can find me, host Austin, also on Twitter at Sailor Scott Austin. That's at Sailor S C T Austin. And you can find me at Batman in Sobin, B A T M A N S O B B I N. I always sing that in my head to baloney. Uh, you can find <laughs> our show is edited and produced by the amazing host Brenda, who you just got done listening to. Um, Thank you. And until the next mystery, Mysterians, see ya. Bye. <laughs>